Welcome back to episode 75, the continuation and conclusion of our fascinating interview with Suhain Beck of Southern California. Here it is. is that people can come from all over and be on equal footing, you know, and sort of the American dream is that, you know, anyone can be, can become anyone. And so it's interesting that what I hear you saying to me sounds a little bit like the flip side. It's you use the word invisible. I mean, that's a, that's a really powerful word, especially, you know, relationally. And so in a sense, you know, you were, you, a way was made for you to come to the U.S. and you got to start there and you've continued, which is part of the the, the dream, I guess. Um, and, you know, chime in if, if that's off for you. But, but the flip side is you didn't come in with this continuity and lineage and history. So, you know, you know that sense of being known in um, kind of a longitudinal sense you felt lost and you've worked so hard and are continuing to work to build that, strengthen that and reconnect that. So I guess I would like to know from your point of view, um, if there's a way you can kind of explain your experience of, is there, are there pros and cons to that? In other words, a lot of Americans, I think don't have that strong sense of connection to their past. And you, you come with that, to the U.S., so you, what's your perspective on? Uh, maybe it's unfair to say, kind of generally, speak so generally about Americans. But um, have you seen how have you seen that lack of history played out around you? You know, in contrast to your your connection, is that question makes sense? I love I love this question because that is exactly what my TED talk is about. Ah. Huh. Great. I can't it's, wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first on Caucus Talk. <laughs> the, the topic was, um, the theme of that particular TED Talk was supposed to be um, uh, the power of change. Okay. I proposed my TED Talk to be the power of not changing. Huh. Huh. And of course, that ties in to, you know, look at this amazing heritage that could have been lost, but because we held on so tightly look at the beauty and, you know, what it brings to, you know, the cultures of the world and art and, you know, and all of that. So, of course, I think there's value. Um, I am so appreciative of America. We've lived the American dream and I'm an entrepreneur. Um, my daughter is an entrepreneur. I mean, mm. you know, we've lived the American dream. We've, we, we've really, truly enjoyed the land of opportunity. At the same moment I say that, I say that it's been a lonely existence as well, because wow. to not have, 
your cultural heritage and history and brothers and sisters that you have this huge common denominator with is hard, you know, because, you know, it triggers the sense of, you know, being lost and not being appreciated, you know? And, you know, we were lucky. My father actually, you know, because he comes from aristocratic lineage, that he was so humble that he came to America and he said, every day we have to prove how great we are. Wow. It doesn't come with who my father was or what our lineage was. And he could have had that mentality, but he didn't. And he knew that American mentality is you're only as good as what you produced today in America and what you proved and what you did. There is nothing of like, I yesteryear and I am the son of so-and-so and and, you know, I am, you know, all of that. (laughs) Sure. That's very prevalent in the Arab world as well. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how dare you talk to me like that? You know, I am, you know, no, Hmm. you know, America is the great equalizer. Right. You know? And so we did get that from my father, but nevertheless, the loneliness and the feeling of alienation has never been. And I'm a very patriotic American. Like mm-hmm. I am very patriotic. My father, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, was involved in the Republican task force um, way back in the eighties. We were in love with Ronald Reagan. I brought Ronald Reagan to Cal state Fullerton university. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was involved and then I, you know, I've played with every political party. Like I've literally enjoyed being a libertarian, a Democrat, a Republican. Like I love <laughs> politics and I'm such uh-huh. a patriot. But even so, I just feel like, but what is it for? Like, you know, in the end, my culture and my heritage, I miss it so much. It hurts. Yeah. And that's, and it's really notable because you say you miss it so much and yet you came to the U.S. when you were less than what, two? Yeah. And yeah. Isn't that amazing? I, I really think that there is, I, I really think that there is such a thing called genetic memory. Wow. And I can, you know, give you a, a, a hypothetical theory on this, okay? Why is it that so many circassians in modern day, especially the men, all have so many choose professions in security, mm-hmm. military, police, guards of the Jordanian royal yeah. house? Sure. You know, it's ingrained in us to be the warriors. It's ingrained in us to be that. Like we were not architects. We wow. were not great builders of pyramids. We were not that. You know, if you go through the history of the mountains in the Caucasus, we didn't really build that much. We were pretty much horsemen fighting and defending this very strategic spot between wow. Europe and Asia. Yeah. In the Middle wow. East. So we didn't have time. It was always all hands on deck, you know? And that warrior spirit truly has transcended and i truly think that that is the genetic memory memory that we carry on interesting and yeah it served me <laughs> you know being so brave all the time and you know people that right. describe me and like what i've been through in my life because i've been through several wars i've caught been caught in you know crazy crazy bomb situations and bullets and you know fbi chases and crazy stuff and <laughs> <laughs> two words, folks, New Jersey. That's all I'm going to say. No, just, no just actually, the FBI chases. <laughs> one FBI chase happened in Seattle. One happened. Um, oh, there we go. Washington State. 
No, it didn't happen here in Los Angeles. Actually, it was in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. So two of them happened in Seattle. Um, oh, no, no, no. There was another one in Los Angeles. There was a sting operation. <laughs> right. That one. <laughs> another I bet, story for another day. <laughs> I, I bet that warrior spirit is, uh, my guess is people you work with now would say you still bring it to what you do, entrepreneurially and otherwise. <laughs> Fearless. Can yeah. you? I don't want to jump ahead, Andrew. You lead the you lead the path, but I'm really eager to hear what you're doing now, what you're producing. It's just you have a lot of irons in the fire. I I, I gather, and I'm really yeah. yeah interested. Okay, so okay, going back to my grandfather, Doctor okay, Muhammad yes. Ali Shahaluk. Okay, he had um, a clinic. Well, he served in the Ottoman Empire Army, so he was known as the Turkish doctor, and so he created five medications, of which one of them was a wound medication and that was to help heal wounds quickly you know post-op surgery or in the field you know you can't get something you know like it's an antimicrobial antibacterial natural um thing what was it made so, out of i'm just sorry i'm really what's what was it it's, basically it's, it's basically all natural and a few things that he picked up in greece um a couple of ingredients from greece and yeah. some other things that were antiviral antimicrobial cool and um, so he had five different medications, of which one of them is what I inherited. And I basically took it and ran with it. Ten years ago, I started um, selling this item um, as kind of like a, you remember my big fat Greek wedding, right? Oh, oh yeah. That's, of course. You got our number. All right, yes. go for it. Okay. So they had Windex, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have Rilage. But eyelash is for skin. <laughs> so anything and everything that can go wrong with your skin, basically that's what eyelash is for. So can you can you spell it? E L A J. Elage. Also will be linked linked in our show notes. Elage. E L A J. So eyelash okay. in Arabic actually means healing. So I started selling it as a moisturizer in a street fair in Palm Springs. Um, which is a you know tourist area for snowbirds, yeah. people that come from Canada, the cold areas, they come to the desert so that they can defrost, basically. <laughs> yeah. And their skin so, gets dry and crackly and they need elage. You're hired. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> Send it over. So people with you know severe like rheumatoid, arthritis, you know, autoimmune diseases and whatnot, they're actually more prone to skin diseases. I did not even know any of this. So this is the crazy thing is that um I basically just started selling it as a moisturizer and customers started coming back to me and, and saying, you know, what is in here? Why is this working on my eczema? And do you have steroids in here? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what eczema is. I don't know anything. Turns out that it did work really well on eczema and psoriasis and the most extreme skin problems. Um, so within wow. five years, I got it FDA registered as an over-the-counter medication. and within Literally, as I got that, you know, registration monographed, then lo and behold, I was inundated with offers to license the product and get it into mass distribution. So within, a, within six months, I was in every store nationwide, every Walmart, every Bed Bath & Beyond. Wow. Um, if you look online, alhamdulillah, the reviews are amazing. Um, we average about awesome. 4.6, 4.8 on the average on the reviews and now on the jar this is what i'm most proud of so for all my circassian brothers and sisters out there 
And in answer to your question, I think, um, who asked me, Andrew or Ian, about like what the heritage is? Uh, I did, Eli. Yeah. Okay, Eli. Uh-huh. So honestly, I think I'm most proud of is that I've been able to integrate my American entrepreneurship side of me yes, with my circassian side of me because on every single jar now I have my grandfather, Dr. Muhammad Ali Shahaluk's picture. Whoa. Wow. And his wow. name. And on the website, I if you go to my website, elajnaturally.com, just found it. If you go, there's a tab called Behind the Scenes. Hmm. You like, go to that. And if you see that, I'm looking I at it. wanted to honor my whole Circassian culture. And of course, you know, give honor to my grandfather. And so many people come back to me every day and they're like, thank you so much. This has helped us so much. And I say, if you want to thank me, pray it forward. So, and my grandfather's picture is on here and, you know, pray a, a prayer for him that may he rest in peace. And people are like, well, what is Circassian? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm you so asked. Glad you asked. <laughs> Have a seat. Wow. <laughs> so now on my website, there's behind the scenes. And the first article starts with a whole history, a biography that Dr. Adel Abdesalam wrote about my grandfather. Wow. And our history. And the Circassian history, the Circassian videos that I posted on my YouTube channel. So wow. I wanted to tie in my success as an entrepreneur selling Eilage as a, an amazing skin product back to the genius of my grandfather right. that he did. And, you know, I, I can't take credit for it. I can only, you know, say I, I took it to the market. Yeah, but, basically, but that's, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but that is just jumping in. I mean, that's a lot of the credit is to share that you know, in a way that he couldn't. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, that's my, my legacy. And like, that's the way that I've been able, and I'm getting emotional. Um, that's the way I've been able to tie in my American journey yeah. with my circassian heritage. And that's my gift. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, Suhan, that, <laughs> that's probably the best, like, I don't know if there's a better word than advertisement for Circassians in America right now, but like <laughs> that product, testi- a testimonial to who the Circassians are, you know, know. that product being in so many homes <laughs> all over the nation. Yeah. Um, in every bringing, jar, every jar. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. It's also, I feel like, man, I'm not sure how to phrase this question, but obviously like the whole refugee question is extremely controversial. But like you live that, Suhain. Your your family lived that. But like the things you have done because you were able to come to another country, what you were fleeing from, um, it's an incredible story. And I know you do some work now, like with refugee communities as far as helping entrepreneurs, et cetera. Can you speak to that a little and just speak from your personal experience? Yeah. Um I love inspiring other refugees to know that from zero, they can create something, you know, Mm. and whether it's a recipe, whether it is, you know, knitting, you know, embroidery, sewing, something of your tradition and something of your culture, I think is so fulfilling and so necessary and so beautiful because, you know, otherwise, you know, America would not even know hummus. Like they're obsessed with hummus right now and Uh, they're discovering falafel. And I'm like, you don't even know the half of it. Like this is, you know, you know, 
So, I mean, what if America was to discover Haleva and, you know, God forbid, Shipsubasta, you know, like, it would be amazing. (laughs) So all I can say is, you know, I've always been striving for finding balance between, you know, the ancient, you know, East, as far as I'm concerned, and the, you know, the Wild West. Mm. And, you know, that's what my YouTube channel is about now, you know. So, yes, I've done the entrepreneurial journey. Ailaj is online. Anybody can purchase it online. But now I've gotten to the point where I took it out of the stores because, you know, retail is not the same as it used to be, you know. So it's oh. not really profitable for me as an entrepreneur to have it in stores any longer. I wanted oh. to eliminate all the middlemen. So now I manufacture once a year in an FDA registered factory and we sell online exclusively and happily ever after. I sleep well, (laughs) you know, and we export every day all over the world. I mean, I export to, you know, Poland and the craziest of places. And every day I get love letters from people that basically say, thank you, Alaj changed our lives. It helped me get a job, but my hands were so wretched, you know, eczema, psoriasis, whatever. Mm. But the point is, is... I left something behind. Now I connected the dots. I connected my mm-hmm. culture, you know, like, and I'm not ashamed of that. And like, you know, okay, going back to my dad, like he filed the mm-hmm. lawsuit against the government of Syria to maintain his name. Right. Right. Wow. So the, in, in Arabic, there's no letter P P like Peter P. Right. Uh huh. So when we came to America, the, Circassian name Pshaharuk had to be spelled with a B. Mm-hmm. So we came. And then when we went back in the 1988 visit, the Pshaharuk relatives that we stripped down with, <laughs> <laughs> they basically said, no, your last name is not with a B, it's with a Psh. And that's very uh. important, you know, that you maintain that. So my father went back to America, <laughs> literally went through a legal name change for the family Man, and was like... From B C H I H A L O U K to P S H E H A L O U K. Whoa! <laughs> All of Golly. that in order for us to maintain our name. Yeah. You know what yeah. a guy. But yeah. by then, you know, and growing up with Bitchaholic as my last name because Americans can't <laughs> pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that okay. is, I had not made that connection. <laughs> Think about it. B C H. Got it. How do you pronounce oh. that? How dare you? Go ahead. I dare you. Wow. No, this is a family friendly. <laughs> you said it. You said it. You know it. We got it. So how can you do that? So then they changed it to Pshahaluk. Right at that time, I, I got married. And so I took my husband's name at the time. And so that was it. But then when I divorced, I basically said, okay, I can't go back to Bitchaholic. I right. can't go to Pshahaluk, you know, because it's, you know, still so difficult. So that's why I derived it down to Beck. And, uh. you know, it's sad, you know, but... I resurrected Pshahaluk and my grandfather, his, his picture is on every jar and we have, you know, over half a million jars circulating in the United States today. So amazing. Would you amazing. say that it on one hand is a loss of the original name, but it, on the other hand is uh, the way that culture actually realistically does move forward, which is through change in a sense it, it, is kind of the reality of maintaining our heritage is it never stays frozen. You know, things have to change, which does mean some loss, but then some gain. How would, would, do you relate to that or does it not feel that way to you? I am somewhat ashamed that I had to reduce my name 
I really okay. am. Okay. You know, it, it is, you know, a thorn in my side. Mm. But on practical purposes here in the United States, can you even imagine me? Like I had the national television commercials and I had, you know, you know, I have a lot of media exposure on on my company, you yeah. know, and imagine that like that becomes the focus rather than the product. Yes. Mm. Well, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you know, you weren't doing it for the business per se, but it, it, in one hand, on, on one hand, there's a loss and the, the, you said feeling shame, but on the other hand, it facilitated, you yes. know, meeting the culture where you now are, you know, right. living and thriving. So it, now I'm in a power of position or power, excuse my expression. Like I'm in a position of power, Uh huh. Yeah. you know, that now, you know, my product is needed, you know, right. and they know it and it has a good reputation. And so, you know, they have to accept it. So now they have a Muslim circassian name attached to it you know right. and so the stigmas right. are kind of like you know what is this third world backcountry village kind of <laughs> you know formula <laughs> i have to testify i burned my hand really bad a couple months ago um taking a pan out of the oven i mean there's a huge blister down the middle of my palm and we had recently picked up in the mountains in Dombai this jar of salve and it was like First, we thought we were supposed to eat it and we're like almost <laughs> gagged. It has, and I'm looking at your ingredients list here on your Elage uh, page. <clears throat> and the fourth uh-huh. ingredient is honey, uh-huh. which, you know, even here, I'm still, yeah. yeah. And there's, there's several ingredients that are similar. Honey was a big one in this one. And this one also had, I think, some sort of sap or resin or whatever. And I just put that on every day with a bandage. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have a control in this situation. Like, I didn't burn my other hand for comparison, but it healed without, like, so fast. And the blister just, it never popped, like, and it receded. And I, I mean, honestly, I sort of put it on. I was like, well, I guess I'll try this weird stuff that I got in the mountains. Kind of that attitude of, like, this weird, you know, some mountain age or something. And now I'm like, oh, well, this here's is a, sort of miraculous. Here's a little known fact that whenever you have a wound or a cut and you put honey onto that wound, um, the honey turns into hydrogen peroxide right at the site of the wound. Okay. Didn't know that. It's a little huh. known fact. That there, is it, very, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It turns into a hydrogen peroxide. Which is a, uh, anti, which is a, like a antiseptic thing. Correct. Yeah. So Man. anyway, so but then, there's one story that I have to tell you. Yes. And that is Go for it. when when we were in Kafkasia, this was 1988, I was probably 18, 19 years old. We were there yeah. in a tour group. So, of course, there was the men and the women. And then there was the younger folks like myself. And um, there was probably about four or five of us. So my cousin Gulnar and I and this other one girl from Syria um, were in one room in the hotel. And then, of course, the women were together and the men were together. They just, you know, we all divided up. So one day we were sitting in the lobby of the hotel and there was a young man with us in our tour group. I still remember his name. His name was Rajab. Mm-hmm. And he was If you're studying, listening, Rajab, if please, you're listening. Please, Rajab, I owe you a big thank you. So okay. <laughs> um, I don't know where he is, but I would love to. I know he was studying, I think, either medicine in the University of Mahashkala. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Is, am I pronouncing that correctly? Mahachkala, yeah. Mahachkala. Yeah, Mahachkala yeah. State, yeah. Yeah. So he was studying there, um, but he joined the tour group because his parents were on the tour group. Okay. Huh. So we were, I think, at Nart Hotel, 
um, in Mykop or Nalchik? Nalchik. Uh-huh. So we were in, in yes. the Nart Hotel in Nalchik. I had people booked in that hotel for this coming summer, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you what happened. So we were sitting there in the lobby and there were these two guys talking to a housekeeper. And I was watching them and I can like, they're looking at us, but they're talking and, and whatnot. Rajab, who is learning Russian and knows Circassian goes there and he hears the two guys who happen to be Circassian, but talking in Russian mm. to the housekeeper. And they mm. basically are conniving, conspiring that the two guys wanted to kidnap me and my cousin, Gulnar. Kidnap how? Like kidnap, like, like hot as in As in bride kidnap. Like the uh-huh. old Circassian uh-huh. custom of bride, yeah, yeah. bride kidnapping. <laughs> So uh-huh. this is really hard to this is really hard to explain to Americans, and I've not really told the story very often because it's just so hard to translate it. <laughs> I know they're already culturally. lost. They're, they're like done, right? They don't realize this is really just a form of flattery. But no, go on. Yeah. It's serious. Yeah, yeah. No, it really is. And so, <laughs> so um, Rajab was the one that was eavesdropping on them and oh discovering that they were planning that night that the housekeeper was going to give them the key to oh. our room. She no and longer works going, there, by the way, just so everyone knows. <laughs> I hope not. That is crazy. And, um, and he just, Rajab took on the role of being the hero of all heroes. And he basically, oh. you know, ripped them and just really gave it to them and said, you know, don't you dare, how dare you, da, 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 da. You know, this is, you know, an old tradition that, you know, la, la, la. Oh, man. And so we had to do some, you know, very creative maneuvering and have the men sleep in our room that night. And then we were, you know, with chaperones. Well, that would have been even better if he hadn't confronted them and you just done the switch, right? Oh, you know what? That would. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Ladies have beards. Sorry. (laughs) So I just want to say, Rajab, wherever you are, I owe you a big thank you because if not, then my whole life would have completely been different wow. and I would have probably been living in, you know, in my homeland at some point. But right. God only knows. But anyway, that's a story that I've rarely told to anybody. And so I just felt like today would be a good day it's to confess so, that. <laughs> it's so normal to hear here. But on the other hand, you're right. Like, it's hard to translate that story sounds acceptable in the West. I mean, so much has changed in five years, not to mention the last 30 years. Um that, well, that well is, my father actually kidnapped my mom in Syria. I don't doubt that. I mean, that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. But can you add to that? Was it like just a raw out of the blue kidnapping or was there some context to it that gave made there it, was made context. it a little more sense? Yeah. yeah, there was context. And usually you know, there is context. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit more behind it. And so it was kind of like a soft elope. Right. But with, but with a dramatic flair. Exactly. Thank you. A few guns fired in the air for God. good measure. And all bride cat kidnapping is, is a oh, soft oh. elope with a dramatic, with dramatic flair. Wait, wait, wait. I have to tell you another story. I have She's, to waving, her hands. She's okay. waving her hands. I'm sorry. This is because you just said the bullets in the air. I have to tell you something really funny. So this is 1986. It was right uh-huh. after, um, I guess, America bombed Libya. Um uh-huh. There was something going on in 1986. So I couldn't wait to go back to Syria every summer. 
So my teachers and my schoolmates were like, no, Suhan, don't go back to Syria right now. America is in the process of bombing Libya and they're going to retaliate. So don't do it. So, of course, they're they're prepping me and they're just like, you know, you're an American. Don't tell anybody you're American. You know, you know, hide your passport. If you know you hear anything, you know, go under the, the tables. Be really careful. Huh. So they had planted all of that in my mind. Wow. So I fly to Syria. I can't wait every summer. Like it's what I dream of going back to Syria. And mm-hmm. then I, I go back. That particular summer was the first time a part of the Golan Heights was being returned back to the Circassians. So it was a big celebration. That first night, as we get there, like there was going to be a Circassian wedding in the, in the Golan Heights. And it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a huge jug. It was a big celebration. But that day... My cousins decided to take us like right on the border of Israel and Syria in the oh, Golan Heights. Man. And of course, the, the United Nations were there, the, you know, the white helmets and, you know, all of, and at the time, I mean, they were all good looking and we were always flirting with them and they were like, get back, get back. <laughs> and I'm on edge, you know, because as a, like an American at this point, you know, I've been prepped by my school and everybody sure. like, you know, just just be careful, you know, because America's planning on you retaliating or Libya's. So that day was crazy because we were testing the boundaries, you know, and like we can see the Israelis on the other side and they're just like, uh-uh-uh, go back, mm-hmm. go back. Mm-hmm. And my cousins, of course, the Circassians, the obnoxious wow. Circassians, they were like really trying to show their prowess. I was on edge the whole day. Anyway, mm. we get to the wedding. And they started doing the jug. This is kind of like my debut. I was maybe 16 years old. I was wearing a red dress. I was so excited. This is like me going out into the jug the first time. I'm going to show them how I've maintained my dancing traditions and Uh how traditional I am and everything. So I wait for like the most handsome guy to start dancing. And then like, you know, I, you know, I I go in all the way full on shashan, full on shashan, right? And of course, I don't know this tradition because I live in America, but then Ugh. somebody wanted to honor the guest, you know, and start shooting bullets into the air. Oh. <laughs> and I saw the bullets. And what do you think I did? Oh, my goodness. Did you hit the deck? In the middle of the dance floor? In the middle of the dance floor, ah. wearing a big red dress. <laughs> I totally dove to the ground. <laughs> American style emergency standard procedure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All fun and games are off at this point. Because like like, through cover. the window, through the window, I can see the sparks of the gun, you know, flying and the shooting and all of that. And here I am. I'm like right in the middle of my dance. They're attacking. Like, They're attacking. So I'm on the ground covering my head. <laughs> my cousins you know Sana, Ahmad, everybody I see them and they're looking they think I'm having a seizure and they oh don't know what my. to do and the guy that I'm dancing with he's like doing the fancy footwork and he doesn't know what to do and my cousins are so ashamed of me it was so humiliating it was so bad oh and- wow <laughs> that's pretty memorable <laughs> just some friendly gunfire in the air guys yeah. Friendly fire. Yeah. Hey, so Suhan, we'll we'll start uh landing this plane here. Um Suhan, I know from our discussions there is a you're a part of a larger circassian community there in California. And then you've also in the last couple of years, you've started this YouTube channel where you're starting to kind of promote circassian culture in America. Can you speak to that? Tell our 
uh, audience a little about, about what's going on there? Uh, yeah, um, we do have a very active circassian community. Um, New Jersey is amazing. Um, mm. They have the Circassian Benevolent Association. Okay. Um, and they have a few thousand families there that are very active in, you know, maintaining the heritage, the culture, the religion. <clears throat> Here in California, we're not as, you know, can, you know, as much as New Jersey. So there's a few hundred families and definitely this new generation is hungry to wow. capture whatever they can of the culture. And um, the two YouTube channel um, videos that I posted last year were about this uh, brother and sister, Yusuf and Maza Sahak, who um, opened up a Circassian dance group. Right. And they teach that and whatnot. And um, they're adorable. And the new generation is really cute. And they just got brand new fashas. And they're learning how to dance. And they're doing little parties and things like that. And, you know, they're still the group, the older group that does some performances at university campuses and cultural events and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. And I know that there is now a, a new resurgence of online language learning that everyone oh. is really excited about and everybody wants it. I think there's a new app. Jaunty Amisha was in the process of putting an app together. Um, oh. um, yeah, so there's, there's a new resurgence and I think that's so exciting. And that's why I really wanted to organize that trip going back to Kafkasia for the new generation and to have it like a really young, cool, hip kind of, um, tour you know and i thought you guys would be the, the good ones to do that because you're right about that <laughs> well one of my daughters is a mountain, yeah for sure like you know <laughs> rian my youngest um is a mountain climber and she's a highliner wow. so she actually does highlining as well wow. and um we we all like like white water rafting we, you know we're very active and i know if we do it and really enjoy the homeland in a very active, outdoorsy kind of experience. That would be amazing yeah. because, of course, we want the culture and we want to go through the traditional things. And, you know, my dream was to actually the first day we get there, we go to the factory that does the Circassian fascias. Yeah. So we get measured. And then we go, yeah. we do the rest of the thing and, you know, all of that. And I definitely want to do the mineral waters and sure. um, all of that. So I want to really enjoy the land as well as the culture, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, That's smart. yeah, sense. so both ways, because the younger generation, they're not going to be able to tolerate seven hour toasts like I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's an acquired Initiation. taste for sure. <laughs> you know, and you know, I know there's a lot of drinking and I know there's a lot of that. And like most of this new generation, they're, they're not, I mean, I would say that, you know, they're not hardcore religious, but they definitely have a sense of that, you know, and mm. so they try to, you know, maintain a healthier lifestyle as well. Mm. Yeah. So that's how I thought that we could really make this an amazing, epic, epic trip is to combine adventure with the culture and the heritage and something more tangible that they can always have there as well. Yeah. But I wanted that in kind of a blogging scenario so that we're actually blogging everything documenting it into kind of like a documentary because the the media side of me wants to create something <laughs> to leave behind and i think andrew wow. i talked to you about that so i wanted to create yeah. that in a vlogging fashion so that we vlog it as it's happening in real live time but then also set it up as a documentary with um real deep insights through several different people like myself you know or someone else you know, and, and their vantage point of going back and discovering their culture. 
Wow. Awesome. That, well, sorry, I, I just like sent my gears into high speed. I know, right? <laughs> I'm I really want this so badly. This. You don't know. I want this so badly. So maybe this podcast, okay. like right through this episode, we're putting it out into the universe and maybe it'll happen and, you know, things in the world will kind of calm down and we can just kind of, you know, make this happen because isn't it a great vision? It it, it needs oh, to man. happen, I think. Uh, oh, not needs. Just, Say that again. Say that again. Yeah, I do think needs it needs to, to happen, happen because not only, not only is it smart to connect you know, like you said, the the kind of ecotourism side with the maybe ethno or cultural tourism. But once you get here, the adventure, like it happens to you. If, you know, once you get into the culture and into the hospitality and into the mountains, no. that's where you're going to really encounter the unexpected, unplanned for uh, sides of things that you can't get just from you know, um, a museum. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Right. Yeah. And I um, love the idea yeah. of documenting it. I think that's brilliant. I know. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, synergy. Just, partnership. <laughs> oh, I, 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 the first time I talked to Andrew about it, it just felt so right. And, yeah, you know, there was yeah. just so many obstacles on this end of what was happening with, you know, different people and, you know, and I know the people that would come, they're they're beautiful people and and they have mm-hmm. depth and they're poetic and you know there's more to it on my end you know so the the people that I wanted to bring with me would have been an amazing amazing group sure mm. well the sky's the limit and uh between i think there could be a really cool partnership between you know uh your end suhan apricot consulting with some of the things that Eli's able to offer caucus talk, our touring services. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Yeah, um, I, I do think so. Excellent. So, uh, all right. We've talked about a ton here, Suhan. Um, what is, so you've been here to the region once. You've heard a lot about the region, but let's talk about, you are a, uh, for lack of a better word, Caucasian. <laughs> <laughs> so what is one thing you would like to tell the pe- the world about people from the Caucasus, from about Caucasus people or Circassians? Um, they are an honorable people. Hmm. You know, um, I think that really encompasses, you know, their word is their word. They're extremely loyal and that falls under the umbrella of honorable. You know, when you are, when you have that, my word is my word. And that should mean everything. Yeah. Like contracts can be created with my word. You know, my family name, my reputation, you know, honor. It really has to come back to that. And that's what it was. That was what was romantic for me about being Circassian. Mm. Yeah. Well said. That's awesome. Um, man, Suhan, this was a, a long time coming and yes. it really was a privilege <laughs> having you, having you, um, Thank you. On, on the, uh, on the podcast, we've had multiple requests for us to interview more women. And so I'm thinking this might kick off some kind of like women in the Caucasus, women of the Caucasus series or something. Um, definitely could. Yes. Yeah. It's an amazing start. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So thank you so much. Can you, what's the name of your YouTube channel? Those interviews you've done with those guys in Southern California are really cool. I want to be able to point Yay. people in that direction as well. Um, it's just my name, Suhan Beck. Okay. S-U-H-E-I-N Beck, B-E-C-K. Not mm-hmm. my Circassian real name, B-C-H-I-H-A-L-O-U-K. <laughs> <laughs> Not my real circassian surname. Beep. Um, <laughs> it's too vulgar. No, um, yeah. So uh, we'll link your YouTube page uh, where people can, on there can access both some of the videos you've done about circassian culture as well as your Elage product, mm-hmm. which gives more uh, of your family background. Um, oh, oh, and I, just, and I just did um, a circassian commercial, like a video it's a commercial about my product while I'm wearing a circassian dress. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And for all our Southern California listeners out there, did you get that? There are Les Ginka classes happening in Southern California. Happening now. Oh. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested, we'll, we'll connect you to Suhan and get you, get you linked in there. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. All right. Well, Suhan, this was, uh, of course, it was a pleasure for us but i think for our listeners yeah i think they're really going to enjoy hearing your your story your family story and um we're excited uh to get connected to more circassians around the world inshallah that sounds wonderful i think this is the start i think this is the start this interview we'll connect you don't worry i have i have the connections my cousins don't worry Everything will be okay. Uh, right? It's always my awesome. cousins. My cousins. My cousins will take care uh, of you. That's right. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, Suhain, thanks so much. And uh, hopefully the next time our listeners are hearing from you, it'll, from you, it'll be here in the Caucasus. That's right. Ooh, yes. Inshallah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Suhain. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Please don't forget to check us out on iTunes, leave us a review, click a star button. It really helps us and helps us be found to share this really, we feel not just interesting, but important material uh, around the world. And please don't be a stranger. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash caucus talk for how you can support what we're doing. Uh, and just drop us a line. So, uh, you can connect with us on Facebook or uh, by email. We love hearing from our listeners, and we hope to hear from you. More importantly, we hope to see you when you get here.